coming to a pretty crucial spot in the series um, of Genesis chapter number 47. <clears throat> if I were to break this down as it's kind of been going, going the, the time we've spent in this, um, it's been pretty close to a... Um, on the most part, it's been pretty close to give or take two sermons each chapter, roughly. Um, chapter number 48 is a tad bit smaller of a chapter, so I may preach it in one. And chapter 49 goes on, and it gets a little bit bigger, and then there's chapter 50, the last chapter in the book of Genesis. And so we started at Genesis chapter number 32, or Genesis chapter number 30. Uh, we preached in Genesis chapter 32 throughout it just once. We went to chapter 37 and preached um, a few in that, and 38, we preached one in that one, and 39, we preached a few in that one, and 40, and on and on. So we've experienced a lot, but if I were to break it down, I think we'll preach 48 and 1. Um, I think we'll preach 49. It may take 2 and 49, and then probably 1 in 50. So approximately 4 or 5 more, and we're done with a series on Joseph. And so... I'm thankful for this series, and I'm thankful for what has come about it, and I believe it has been a um, help. I know it has been a help to me, and um, I pray it has been a help to you along your way and in your path uh, this time of, the, of uh, I think, the first time we started in um, the book of, in, in, in the life of Joseph, I think it was backwards towards, towards um, let's see, we're in, we're, we're in August right now. It was right at the first of the year. I think it was some actually in last year, but I'm not 100% sure on that. And, but I could definitely go back and see when those days were. And um, just simply, um, for keepsake, I'm thankful, though, that the Lord has allowed us to go through what we have uh, went through, and so looks like the last Sunday of uh, last the last Wednesday night of um, of December we started the series, and um, so so or something along those lines, maybe the one prior to that. So I'm thankful for this series, and it's been a help. And last week we were in the series on the life of Joseph, and we learned about if he he said it, do it. He said it, do it. Amen. Type Jesus Christ, and because he told us, I mean, his mother said unto him, his mother said unto the servants, "Hey, whatever he saith unto you, do." Simple as that. Whatever he saith unto you, do. Tonight we'll be in Genesis chapter number forty-seven, and we'll find ourselves in the latter part of that chapter, and we'll close out this chapter um, with a very crucial and very. Um, I would say it's a pretty important part of the life of uh, in, in the life of Joseph, as some things are getting ready to change in his life, 
And so if you could stand tonight, if you're able, and we'll preach uh, for a little while. And we'll, Genesis chapter number 47, and we'll start in verse number 27. We, we've read this verse before, um, but we went back and started in chapter, we preached this whole chapter in three parts, so it's been a blessing. Verse number 27 of Genesis chapter number 47, the Bible says, And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein, and grew, multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years, so the whole age of Jacob was an hundred and forty and seven years. The time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph, said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. Deal kindly with me, kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. But I will lie with my fathers. Thou shalt carry me out of Egypt and bury me in the, their, bury, their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me, and he swore unto him. And Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. I just found my text verse, um, literally, as we're reading here. And I just found my title, because I was not sure about a title. And Lord normally gives me a title, but I think, uh, I think we'll title it in verse number 20, 29. The time drew nigh that Israel must die. I think that's what we're going to preach on tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And we pray, God, that you'd help us tonight, Lord, to understand your scriptures, Lord, as you have laid them out. We sure do love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. This week, as we look into these verses, we are brought to the end of or close, rather, to the end of a life. And Jacob has lived a tough life, to say the least. And we read a few weeks ago about when Jacob went before Pharaoh and he told Pharaoh that his life had been very difficult. In verse number 6 of chapter number 46, the Bible actually tells us that as as Jacob is in front of... um, Pharaoh, he said, and they took their cattle and their goods which they had gotten in the land of Canaan. Excuse me, that is the wrong chapter. Verse number 6 of chapter 47. Land of Egypt is before thee, in the best of the land. Make the father and brethren to dwell in the land of... That is the wrong verse. I wrote down the wrong verse. God help me. Let's go down. Verse number 9. And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage... Pilgrimage are in 130 years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been. Have not attained in the days of the years of, my, of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. He tells, them right, he tells him right there very clearly as we have just read that they were very few and they were evil. And so um, we must catch the scripture there and take it as... Uh, uh, as it is, uh, he's truly, though, as you know, he's experienced a hard life. And, and so he, he was forced to leave his home. As we remember, we've went over this before. He was forced to leave his home. 
as a young child uh, um, and um, because trouble and he, uh, between him and uh, his father and him and his brother and uh, he had been deceived by his own uncle Laban for many years he had been deceived by him and he had worked hard to build a small fortune and he had built a um, raised a family very uh, through very difficult times if you will and um, his wife his beloved wife Rachel died um, giving birth uh, to her child and her, her his favorite son Joseph as you do know uh, was taken from him and Jacob was led to believe that he was dead for over 20 years. And so his oldest son Reuben committed adultery, and we're kind of just giving a little backdrop, uh, uh, committed adultery with one of Jacob's own wives. Uh, and then most of his 12 sons uh, were evil men, if you will. They, pra- they practically were all pretty much evil besides Joseph. Uh, and um, we'll find that out here later on. Um, but um, they were guilty of many sins. They were guilty of adultery. They were guilty of lying. They were guilty of murder. They were guilty of many different things, uh, incest. <laughs> and so, but now tonight we've read uh, where Jacob is nearing the end of his life. And um, we have read in verse number 28 there where Jacob had been in Egypt now for some 17 years. We just read it. He was 130 years old. In Genesis chapter 47, verse number 9. And now he's 147 years old. He was 130 then, if I said that wrong. And so here in our text, we see Jacob at the end of his life. The end of his life is very near to him. And as we have took our text, the time, I mean, our, our, our title tonight, the time uh, drew nigh that Israel must die. The time drew nigh that Israel must die. Now remind you, the time is nigh. The time is not there. The time is nigh, it's not there. That is something you ought to remember. He is not dead yet. They have not buried him yet. He is not dead yet. Jacob will return in chapter 49, especially to bless his sons and to bless the two sons of Joseph. And so as we see those things, uh, but here in our text, he's right there at the end of his life, if you will. I'm saying, I'm guessing, uh, this is a guessing game, uh, I'm guessing from chapter 47 to chapter 49, it was a very short time. I know it was less than a year because he died at 147 years old. And so if we look at that, jo- Joseph, I mean, Jacob here is a... Uh, Nearing the end of his life, and he's speaking to his beloved son Joseph. Uh, the, and so, I'd like to draw our attention to his um, his nearing words of death, his final words, if you will. They're not going to be final words, but for lack of better terms, nearing final words, uh, and um, his his nearing final wishes, if you will, this evening. And so, I'm going to preach on. Um, this thought this evening, as I've just mentioned, praying the Lord will allow you tonight and allow this to somehow apply to our lives. Uh, and I believe it will. It's a little bit of a difficult ta- uh, text. It's a little bit of a difficult task to preach this text. But I didn't know what to title it, and so I'm glad the Lord gave me that. I was going to title it Nearing the End. Uh, and But I'm thankful the Lord gave me that. And so we'll title this, The Time Drew Nigh That Israel must die. I want you to notice three points with me. I'll try to be done quickly. Number one, some words. Uh, remember, we're, we're, we're discussing the words and the wishes of Jacob. 
And so I want you to notice, number one, some words about his blessed life. Uh, He speaks some words about his blessed life. In verse 27, he says, And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein, and grew uh, and multiplied exceedingly. And so as we look into these texts, uh, these verses, uh, in verse number 27 there, as we've just read, gives us a small um, list of the blessings of Jacob's life. Maybe Jacob thought that his life would end in tragedy. Now get in my mind for a second. Understand that his whole life was filled with uh, deception. It was filled with deceit. It was filled with disasters. Uh, It was filled with destruction. And I could go on and go on and on. It was dealt with so many things uh, that he had to live with throughout his life. Uh, And so that seems to be what he's thinking uh, at that time, but after Joseph was presumed dead in Genesis chapter number 37, I'm going to turn over there and read this. In Genesis chapter 37, I think it is verse number 35, Jacob said, And all his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him. Well, Jacob didn't say that, but this is what the Scripture is telling us. But he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Morning, thus his father wept for him. So it's telling us that, that for I will go down into the grave uh, unto my son mourning. I'm going to be mourning uh, until I die. It's just as simple as that. That's what he's saying. Uh, and so presumably we can, we can assume, okay, uh, that he at that point of time is thinking I'm going to die mourning and I'm never going to find my son. Why? Because he's dead. That's what he's thinking at that point of time. But it seems now uh, that the hard times seem like they are a ways back. Uh, and they're a ways off as Israel is nearing his death uh, and here he is and Jacob and Joseph have been reunited uh, and Jacob is once again enjoying uh, the blessings of the Lord. Uh, And so this verse mentions a few of those. I want you to notice three things. It mentions the blessings of... of possessions. Uh, he says there uh, in the country of Goshen and they had possessions uh, therein. Uh, and so they had been supplied seemingly throughout a major famine in the land. Uh, we know about the famine. We've preached about the famine. Uh, but seemingly they had possessions therein. Is that not what thus saith the Lord? Uh, and so there in the scriptures it tells us uh, that they had possessions in the midst of famine. Uh, they had the blessings of possessions possessions and so truly the Lord had been good to this family secondly in this verse we see the blessings of the people and so then it says and they had possessions therein and grew and grew and so their numbers increased according to Genesis chapter number 46 and verse number 27 we find that when they walked into Egypt they had 70 people that's all they had in their family am I right about that is that King James rightly divided they had chapter 46 verse 27 they had 70 70 people as they walked in, they entered in with 70 souls uh, and when they left uh, some 400 years later, um, you can read on a little farther, they actually had, their their numbers had grown to as much as a few million uh, or le- uh, a few million. Uh, they had crossed over through the Red Sea. Uh, you know this is the same people, right? Uh, it's the same family as they're crossing through the Red Sea uh, and as they're going through the wilderness for all those 
those years, it's the same family of the same Israel as we know here. And so here they are, and the blessings of the Lord in the life of Joseph and his family were many blessings. They had the blessings of possessions. They had the blessing of the people. Then they had the blessings of the physical. It says, and multiplied exceedingly. So why is it going to tell us that they grew and they multiplied exceedingly? Well, here's what I think about it. And I believe this is what the Bible's meaning about. Not only did they grow numerically as in number, as in number of people, but they also grew materialistically. They grew materialistically. So what did they do? They had herds, right? Their herds grew, uh, the, the cattle grew, uh, the flocks grew. Uh, everything they had uh, prospered in the land of Egypt. Uh, and so here they had, they were well blessed in the land of Goshen. Uh, the Lord had been good to this family. That's what I'm saying. So as I began to think on this, uh, I was reminded uh, of my need, uh, of the need uh, to list uh, my own blessings. Uh, and I tell you, friend, I think it does us good from time to time uh, to take an inventory of the blessings of the Lord uh, in your life and in my life. Uh, Have you ever thought about that lately? Have you thought about inventorying the blessings of the Lord uh, in your life? Uh, Let's just take a moment and just think about it and look at what we have uh, and thank God for it. You know, we have family. We have finances. Uh, we have uh, friends. Uh, we have uh, um, a church. You have a King James Bible. You have uh, a song upon your lips. You ought to. Uh, you have a Bible in your lap. Uh, you have the Word of God in front of you, uh, the literal Word of God in front of you. Uh, and you have uh, the Lord in your heart. Uh, you have so many things that we could bless and thank the Lord for. We have salvation. We have Jesus. We have the blessed hope. We have so many things that we could shout about here tonight. Just thanking the Lord for His goodness upon us. I can stand here and truly say this evening that God has been good to me. I tell you sometimes we look at our lives and we we begin to, to, to fuss and we begin to murmur and complain and do all those things and think that we've missed out on the blessings uh, um, that others enjoy on a daily basis. Well, I've missed out on that house. I missed out on that truck. I missed out on this. I missed out on that. But friend, we have, we think we have it hard oftentimes. We think we got it tough. But I would say that God has been very good to us in this church tonight. I believe God's been very good to each and every one of us. And we would see that if we would only take the, the good, take a time to look at the good things. God has been good to me. Amen. God's been good to me. It would do us good to consider uh, how we have been blessed today uh, and to offer up praises to the Lord uh, for His grace uh, and for His goodness in our lives. Uh, Friend, I tell you tonight, I for one have been blessed uh, for more than I have ever deserved. Uh, God has been good to me. Uh, He's been better than good to me than I deserve. Uh, I don't deserve uh, the being saved. Uh, I don't deserve the grace 
of God. I don't deserve the goodness of God, the gifts of God, and everything that God can give me and God gives me. But I tell you tonight, God has been good to me. Amen. I want to give Him the glory and praise Him for all He's done for me. Amen. So we see some words about His blessed life. Jacob takes some time here nearing his death. Thanks the Lord for his blessed life. Then also there's some words secondly about, now this for alliteration's sake, for his breath's length. For his breath's length. Now breath, that represents life. Is that right? If you have no breath in you, there is no life. Is that correct? Everybody agree with me? And so if you have no breath, uh, there is no life. In verse 28, and this for alliteration purposes, I told you I'm not stretching nothing too far because I just explained to you that breath, it does uh, resemble life. If there is no breath, there is no life. Verse 28, and Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the whole age of Jacob was 147 years. And so we're told there that Jacob's life was 147 years. Years. What? 147 years old? You're telling me he lived to be 147? That's a lot of years, wouldn't you say? Uh, You know, I can almost guarantee you that none of us in this building tonight will live that long. None of us will live to be that age. And I can almost guarantee you also uh, that you, 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 you look at Jacob uh, in his own life and Jacob looked at his own life uh, and thought the years had passed by way too fast. You say, well, what? Well, one page over, we read this verse earlier. And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. What's that next word? Anybody know? Anybody remember? Few and evil. Can you not just tell us that his years were few? Are you telling me 140, 130 years are few? No, friend, that ain't few. That ain't few. God blessed us four score. That's eight. That's 80. And I tell you the truth tonight is that we have to realize these things that, that, that here he's looking at and we see that he, they're just few to him. They're just few to him. And that word means too little. It means short. It means not enough. And after living for far longer than any of us will ever live, Jacob believed that his life was ending way too soon. Time was drawing nigh that Israel was about to die. And he said, it's too soon. It's too soon. After living all this time, after living far longer, Jacob believed that it was ending too soon. You know, Scripture teaches us that this is how life is. Right? It teaches us that this is exactly how life is. It is over in just a short time. James the servant of God, writing to the strangers which are scattered, right? And he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So he's telling us, My brethren, so he's speaking to the child of God in the book of James. We agree with that, right? Chapter number 4 and verse number 14, the Bible tells us, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, For what is your life? James, ask a question to the beloved brethren. What is your life? It is even a vapor 
that appeareth for a moment, that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. He's not telling. We've preached it. I've preached it. Preachers have preached it. Well, life is short. What is your life? Are you saved? Life is short. And that is true. But that's not who James was talking to. James was talking to my beloved brethren. He's telling us, hey, your life's short. Do what you can while you can. Just like Stenet Blue said. So you don't wish you would have while you could have. And I'm telling you, life is very short. And we must consider that in the book of Job in chapter number 14 and verse number 1 and verse number 2. The Bible tells us that man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. Is of few days, same word that he used, and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down is what Job says. He's cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. Shadows don't stay when the sun goes down. That's what he's telling us. He's telling us, there, beloved, I tell you tonight, we need to remember that death is coming for all of us. Whether by the clot or by the clouds, one day we will be leaving here. And, and with exceptions of the rapture, I'm sure every person in this room will die one day. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, But it's appointed a man once to die. After this is judgment, disease, tragedy, natural causes, or many other things uh, can take us out of this world. And we are all in the process of dying by the first breath we take. We're in the process of dying. You're living uh, at a stop sign and you only stop for a short time. uh, And you must decide which way you're going to turn. We must decide which way we're going to turn. And when this life is over, you and I will leave this world behind. uh, And and we will go either to heaven uh, or we'll go to hell. I don't care what anybody else says. That is Bible and that is true. uh, Depending on what we have done with the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, What then shall we do with Him that you call Jesus? Who asked that question? Pilate asked that question. What then shall we do with this man you call Jesus? And I'm telling you the truth here tonight. Is that depending on what we have done with this man called Jesus. That's going to find out our destiny. Right? I pray you've made up your mind. Send a friend on the internet. Have you made up your mind? Have you been saved? Remember, what you do with him in this life determines what he'll do with you in the next life. It's just the truth. He, pre- he, he, he talked about some words about his blessed life, his breath's length, and then also, basically, what I was trying to say in that is that he was saying, listen, my life's been so few. My life's been so small. My life's been so short. And it's gotten even shorter because the time drew nigh. That Israel must die. Number three, lastly, he speaks some words about his burial land. Verse number 29, And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, 
If, I, if now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, pray thee, in Egypt. But I will lie my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt, and bury me in their burying place. He said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he swore unto him, and Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. Israel's still not dead. Love the scripture. Some words about his burial land. He speaks on that. And here we've just read a sobering moment of, of, of our series. Jacob is beginning to take his last breath. He's beginning to take his last breath. I don't know how long, much longer he lives after this. I know he lives on, but I don't know how much longer he lives. I cannot tell you how much longer he lives. But he's beginning to take, he's drawing nigh unto death. And he's speaking, uh, he's speaking these words here, and this is uh, what they are. He's speaking some of his final words here, and this is what they are. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. And as Jacob reaches uh, the end, uh, beginning of the end of his earthly uh, journey, he has... Uh, a request that he would like to make known to his beloved son Joseph. And Jacob simply asked Joseph not to bury him in Egypt. He wants his body taken back to Canaan so that he can be buried in the same place as his father's. And you can read some of that in Genesis chapter 23 where God gave that place. But Joseph promises to carry out his father's wish. Remember we were talking about words and wishes. His father's wish. And I believe there is a great deal of integrity in these these verses. I believe believe there's a great deal of integrity here. He was not asking Joseph to bury him out of fear or just a simple desire, but he was asking him to bury him in the Canaan land, in the promised land. Why? It was out of faith. It was not out of fear. He was not doing it because... Fear was impeding his mind uh, or his mind was getting old and he did not understand things. But rather, he was saying these out of faith. Uh, He did not ask Joseph to bury bury him somewhere. He told Joseph to bury him in Canaan's land. Is that right? In the burying place of his fathers? He did not ask him to. He told him to. It was a command. And I'll tell you is that remember, they had not reached the land yet. He is on his final breaths, and they had not reached the land of Canaan yet. And here Jacob is, and now and as he's nearing his death, he can die with full assurance that all the promises that God had made to Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob would be completely fulfilled at some point of time. I tell you, friend, it was as much as already done in the eyes of old Jacob. And he had lived long enough to see a partial fulfillment of some of these verses. But Jacob is getting ready to die and he is believing that the rest would soon come to pass. Remember, Jacob is not dead yet. Genesis chapter 49, we'll find that. 
He just wants to be buried in the promised land. He wants to be buried in that land that will witness the birth of the nation Israel. He wants to be buried in the land that will witness the birth of the blessed Redeemer. He wants to be buried in the land where the Lord had promised to His Father and to Him. He wants to be buried in that land. Mark chapter 4. We always go here when we're talking on faith. Uh, Mark chapter number 4, we find there in that scripture that, jo- that the, the, people, uh, the people were in that uh, land there. Uh, they were in there and they were getting on the boat and they were getting ready to go to the other side and Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. You know, this land had been promised to his family. You know, Isaac didn't promise it to Jacob. Isaac didn't promise it to Jacob. You know, Abraham didn't promise it to Isaac. But God promised it to them all. God promised it to them. And after he receives Joseph's promise to carry out his final wishes, Jacob knows that when he dies, his body will be buried in the promised land. It will be buried and Jacob will die knowing that one day a deliverer will come and rescue the Israelites from Egypt. He knew that he knew that Moses would come. He knew that somebody was going to come and they would deliver them out of Goshen and lead them through the Red Sea on down into the wilderness and into Canaan's land. He knew that it would happened Uh, and I tell you he also knew uh, that one day God would send a redeemer who would deliver lost men and lost women uh, from the bondage of their sin Uh, now I tell you why why did he know that well God promised those things and he took him at his word God promised those things isn't this true for each of us today though we look at the blessings of our lives and we're thankful at least we should be thankful, and I tell you, we took, we 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 took, uh, we 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 can go to, we can die from this world and go to the graves in peace. We can die with the same confidence that has secured the hopes of countless saints on down through the ages. The same confidence that God, what He has promised, He will fulfill and it shall come to pass. Job chapter number 19 and verse number 25. Job said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that He shall stand in the latter day upon the earth. Verse number 26. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, he's telling the whole um, comatose process, he's telling the whole process of death uh, to destroy this body, yet in my flesh uh, shall I see God. Uh, verse number 27, he said, whom, shall, whom I shall see for myself uh, and my eyes uh, shall behold him uh, and not another through my reins uh, might be consumed within me. Uh, he said, behold, I shall see him. That is no joke, that is no lie that is no anything, that is faith trusting in the promises of God that he will see him with his own very eyes Job said I'm going to see him and Jacob received the same promise and he was seeking from that he was seeking from Joseph and, and he died with the confidence 
that his son would honor that wish. He died with the con con that confidence that his son would honor his leg legacy. Keep it going. And, and, and we will find out that he did, by the way. Genesis chapter number 50 and verse number 1 through on. He did. And when we leave this world, it will come for us to know that others are carrying on for the glory of God. I'll tell you something tonight. You can read as they journey through the wilderness. A few times it mentions Jacob's bones. Joseph's bones. But Jacob had to be in there somewhere. Think about it. Think about the things that took place. Think about the work that took place to get him there. I know Joseph was carried on through. And I know that whole trek, they carried the bones of Joseph. And that's tough as it is. It's amazing to me. Also in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 21, the Bible tells us, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying... Bless Joseph, both of the sons of Joseph. And then it goes on to tell us a little farther. And worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. Now Jacob will die worshipping the Lord. We'll see that. But when the Bible says in our verses here, And Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. It did not mean that Israel died. But what it does mean is that he worshipped. He worshipped the Lord. How in the world can you worship the Lord when death is approaching? How can you possibly do that? And beloved, I believe... Uh, I, I, I believe he looked at it and he said, hey, the best days are still to come. The best days are still ahead of me. Uh, and I, beloved, I believe that. I, I, I would like to live my life for the glory of God uh, and leave this world worshiping the Lord. Marion Atkinson, a few, a few weeks ago, died. Dear preacher, died. He had a heart attack while he was preaching the gospel. Dear man. You've heard him. You've all heard him in here at the Mount Carmel Baptist Camp. He died while doing the work of the Lord. What a better place, I tell you. There's, there's, you can't find one. And I tell you, it can happen. You can die worshiping the Lord. You can die worshiping. All it takes is faith. Faith in the person of God. Faith in the plans of God. I mean, faith in the promises of God. Why don't we just rest in those things? And, and, and you know, I'm excited for what lies ahead. But while I'm here, I ought to live for God. Amen. Many, many promises are ahead. Many promises. Let me give you just a few. I'm going to read them in Scripture. I can't quote the verses perfectly, but I'm going to read them. You know what we have? We have the promise of a resurrection. Now in the book of 1 Thessalonians, in chapter number 4, I'm going to read these for encouragement's sake. 
chapter number 4 and verse number 13, the Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, dead, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring unto him. What's that talking about? A resurrection. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. means we ain't going to stop them. They're going to go. We're not going to be able to stop them. Then the Bible says, For the Lord Himself, not Gabriel, not God, and not the rest of them, but the Lord Himself, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, uh, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Wherefore comfort one another. You know what that is? It's encouragement. Amen. It's encouragement to us that we can comfort. The Lord gave us words to comfort one another. To comfort one another. First, first, you ain't got to turn there. First Corinthians in chapter number 15 talks about it a little bit too in verse number 42. The scripture saith, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, is raised in incorruption. Man, that's good, friend. That's so good. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness and it's raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. We have the promise of His resurrection, of our resurrection. We have the promise also of the glorified body. Verse number 47 of 1 Corinthians. 15. The first man is of the earth, earthly, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And, and is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is, it, is the heavenly, such as they that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Who do you think Paul's talking about there? child of God he said we now this I say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God neither doeth corruption inherit incorruption behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have not put have put on immortality, then shall be thou be brought to pass the saying that is written: Death is swallowed up in victory. Goes on and says, "Old death, where is thy sting?" O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 
But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. These are also comforting words. Paul goes on to tell us in verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We shall be changed. Amen. The promise of a glorified body. Then we have the promise of a heavenly home. You know the scripture? It says, Let not your heart be troubled. If ye believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. But if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a glorious day that's going to be. Amen. I mean, what a glorious, magnificent day that that day is going to be. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, uh, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. My, my, my. We are promised a home. Isn't that good? I tell you, what a glorious city it's going to be, by the way. You know what else we're promised? I'm done. We're promised a homecoming. The scripture says in 1 Thessalonians, back where we read in verse 4, chapter 4, verse 17, then, which we, then we which are alive and remain, shall be called up together with them in the clouds. That's a reunion. With them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. There's going to be a homecoming, friend. We're going to meet them in the clouds and forever be with the Lord. The Bible tells us, as we just read, and I have a hard time deciphering these verses in part. But the Bible tells us, as we just read in John chapter 14 and verse number 3, uh, it says, Let not your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe also in my Father's house, and many mention for us. So I, I go to prepare a place for you. Right here. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, he is, there you may be also. What a glorious day that will be it was nearing it was coming to the place where Israel must die Israel was getting ready to die and as Israel is getting ready to die he tells his boy some words that he probably never forgot and he has his boy Promise, swear on a on a wish that came true. What a blessing that is tonight. The time drew nigh that Israel must die.
Israel's not dead yet. It was drawing nigh. And as he was, nearing that end of his life, I'd say truly, the beginning was just starting. The beginning was just starting with Israel. He might have been passing from this life. But my, 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 there was a life ahead of him that the Lord had created for him. And I'm thankful for that tonight. Because one day we're going to have our last words. One day we're going to have the, the, our close to the last words. His words were about his blessed life. He said some words about his breath's length. My, 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 we just seen there very clearly as Israel was getting ready, nearing the end of his time, he said some words about his burial land by faith. He trusted on what the word of God said. How will our last words be? I pray they'll be something of an encouragement. You can read many, many stories, and I know I'm running a little long. You can read many, many stories about people at their last breath being in torment. And my, 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 if you've read some, read some stories about the saints, I've seen some leave here. Been to the bedside with a few of them leaving here. I promise you there wasn't no torment there. It was last breath here, first breath there. Thankful for the life of Jacob, what Jacob showed us about, because it was near, it was drawing nigh that Israel must die. You can stand to your feet tonight, Lord. We love you. We pray, God, as we've come to this solemn time in our series, Lord, Lord, that you would be magnified through all things. We thank you, Lord, for. The homecoming that's going to take place some glorious day. We thank you, Lord, for the home. Lord, that is going to be prepared for us. Lord, we thank you, God, for the changing from this mortal body to the immortal body. Lord, we thank you for the calling, call, the calling up someday, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for being good to us or for giving us a blessed life. Lord, and I pray, God, we never, ever take for granted the length of breaths that we have left, the amount we have. But, Lord, we pray, God, that we would do what we can while we can so we don't wish we would have while we could have. Lord, we pray, God, that we, you would just help us, Lord, these days forward magnify you in all that we do. We love you. We thank you for the night tonight. Bless the church. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.